0: Welcome to the TMD Podcast, coming at you live from Springfield, Massachusetts, our second episode. Why can't everyone be involved in real estate? Pretty simple question, but we're going to find out if that's a simple answer. So for for our new borrower, somebody that's thinking of getting involved in this, um, how do you get started, Theo?
1: Yeah, well, and I think real estate is just a cool thing and, and it's such a great asset for at least be aware of it and take advantage of it. It's such a simple concept that I really do think everyone can be involved with.
0: So that's from your lens. So you, your lens is a little different because you've been an investor. You're obviously on the financing side now. But you know, put yourself in the shoes before you got into this, and somebody that's just sitting there thinking about getting into this, it definitely can be overwhelming. But it really isn't that overwhelming. And where does somebody start?
1: Right, right. And and it really isn't. It obviously it takes some time and research, but in no time you really can pick this stuff up. I I think the First area to start is with credit score,
0: and and how important is that? So for any of our financing loans, uh, or any hard other hard money loans, wh- wh- how important is credit score, and how does that factor into the equation?
1: Right. Well, and I think first we have to look right at the societal issue. Right. When we go to college, when you go through high school, your teachers aren't necessarily laying out credit score, right, and how to build up credit, how to establish credit. Mike, I don't know if you your experience is different than mine, but I don't remember anyone you know, throughout the early ages of my life, kind of sitting down and saying, hey, this is credit. This is how it works. And this is how you need to go about it.
0: Yeah. So if somebody doesn't really fully understand their credit, where can they start with that? And how can they figure out number one, where their credit is at? uh, And if it's not so good, how to possibly repair that? What are some of those important factors that go into having an increase in your credit score.
1: Yeah, yeah. So You know, it comes down to a couple of things. One, having that credit set up. So, like when Frankie first came in, Frankie's, and it was an intern, and he's now advanced over to loan officer. I think one of the first things I told him was, Frankie, set up a credit card, right? When you set up that credit card, you're all of a sudden you're building credit. So, first step is definitely set up a credit card. But before you even go and do that, research it, right? Understand what revolving utilization is. Make sure. Um, All those factors that play into your credit score, you're kind of optimizing it and and use that credit card um, early on throughout your life, really, to build up a strong credit score. And then once you have that, you're really at a a base foundation. And what we're going to be looking for, at least on our end, and I can say this just from general experience, right, 680 plus credit and you're in a great position, whether it's a car loan, just a conventional mortgage, real estate investment mortgage, whatever you're going for, that 680 plus credit score is going to be key to success Financial success, really, in life.
0: Cool. So that that's the credit piece. The other piece to to our loans that's different than uh, I think conventional. Obviously, I don't think it's different than conventional. We don't look th- at that debt to income ratio. We don't look at income taxes, uh, but we do look at liquidity. So, speak a little bit about what is liquidity and how can someone uh, show liquidity and and what what are the factors involved in liquidity for a deal?
1: Right, right. Well, and going back to what you're saying about conventional loans. How cool is it, right, that we're able to offer a product where it's it's not your conventional loan, so I'm not looking at your debt-to-income ratio. I don't need to be making X salary in order to get approved for a, for a real estate investment and, and able to jump into the real estate world. I think a lot of times there's just general confusion in the market, and, and it's starting to get out there, but there's products out there we actually offer them in-house where, you know, we can go into a real estate investment without verifying DTI, which debt-to-income ratio, it's a comparison of, you know, uh, how much, how much I'm essentially making annually compared to my debts. Um, and in our real estate finance world, we're going to look at the asset as opposed to debt to income ratio. So it allows borrowers to say, Hey, this is a strong asset. I have the opportunity to make cash or whatever it is here. And strictly based on that asset, we can actually go and, and lend on it.
0: So that's the asset-based lending that, 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 that's the term that's sometimes referred to. Um, so, so I think when anybody hears liquidity, they think, oh, cash on hand. Gosh, I don't have much in my checking account. I don't have much in my savings. I pretty much, whatever I make, I spend because I have to live and buy groceries, pay for my car, pay for insurance, all all that other stuff, pay for rent or, or my mortgage. So speak to me on somebody that's sitting back reluctant to get involved in this because they may not have a lot of liquidity on hand,
1: quote, unquote. Right, right. So, and I always say this, right? My first suggestion with someone limited on in terms of liquidity would be: Can you set aside that extra hundred dollars, two hundred dollars a month? I, I really think that's the best way to go about it. And I think using your own liquidity is a really strong way to get into it. Right? You truly are taking that risk yourself. With that being said, and I say this to some borrowers sometimes, when you come to me with like, say, Mike, you came to me with a deal where I have the opportunity to make a hundred thousand dollars. Well, damn right, I'm going to go and find that liquidity in order to back that deal. Right? So. In a case like that where the opportunity presents itself, there's always going to be places where you can find that liquidity, whether it's a private lender or a promissory note. Go to friends and family for crying out loud, right? You're telling me you can't go hustle. Like, Mike, if I came to you and said, hey – I I got the opportunity here for you to make $100,000, but you got to bring me $20,000. Are you telling me you wouldn't be able to go scrape together $20,000 regardless of what situation you're in?
0: No, I think people would. I mean, again, if you do your research and you do your homework and and there there's that and and there's an a uh, comfort level there, of course, and you know the person, then no, I don't think um that would be that hard for somebody. I, I just, you know, again, I guess I just I'm thinking at it from somebody that's just sitting there saying that that the reason why they're not getting involved in this is cuz they don't have a lot of money, quote unquote, to get involved. But it is Totally possible to start in this business without a lot of your own money. Uh, there's ways to to get creative to to get into this space, and and that's that's kind of that was kind of the point of the question. So,
1: but, but on that note too, Mike, right? Even let's call it it's the hardest thing in the world. I have the opportunity to make a hundred thousand dollars. I don't care what I have to do. I'll go. I'll be up day and night for 80, 80 straight hours, and I'll go find that twenty thousand dollars. The oppor- if the opportunity is there, find a way to do it. And that's what's going to set certain people apart in, in, in society altogether is that ability to say, damn, I got to go and execute on this. Figure out a damn way to do it.
0: Yep. I like that. I like that. Um, so that's the... Before we even get into looking at a property, that's kind of a very, two very important things to to think about as a new investor. Your, what your credit score is and what your liquidity or How you, might you make that up if you find that great deal? Um, so now speak to me. Let's shift to the property ad in a bit. How do I find a property? How do I even start that process? How do I start analyzing? What are the important things to look it in that property to analyze it? to make some money.
1: Right. And, and to really look at this first, we have to say, okay, what's our investment strategy, right? I, I think there's just a common misconception. Everyone thinks, right? When you first thing, people typically think of when they think real estate investment is, oh, I'll, you know, I'll come in with 20, 25% down, I'll get a rental property and it'll sit there for, you know, 30, 15, 15 year notes or 30 year term. So my all of a sudden, my liquidity is tied up for that 15 to 30-year period. Granted, I might have the opportunity to refinance it, but I hate that option, especially for new borrowers. If you want to like grow significantly in real estate, the worst thing you can do, it's like shooting yourself in the knee. If you're going to go out and say, all right, I'm just going to go dump X amount of liquidity into a 30-year note, I, I've got no way of recouping my investment. That's why I always push borrowers. That first first investment, I think the best option is fix and flip. Mm-hmm. 1 it allows me to get my feet wet, 2 it allows me to establish to establish liquidity. And then 3, now I have some experience and and all of a sudden the lending world as I'm sure you see with borrowers, yep. right? The lending world opens up once you have a, a you build up that track record.
0: Sure. So so let's let's say some we're going to start on the fix and flip side. We're going to we're going to try to find a property how do I do that? Do I, do I call a realtor for that? How is, is a realtor important to, for a new investor anyway, starting out and finding that property or helping me find that property?
1: Right, right. So as a new investor going into it, and we'll go into this on future episodes, but there's with the fix and flip world, it's, it really, at the end of the day, it's, it's a beautiful game, right? I, I, I look at it and I'm like, wow. Look what we can do here. And what we're going to be looking at in the fix and flip world is because of the fix and flip, right? The goal is to take X amount of capital and essentially increase it, right? Typically on a fix and flip, you want to be looking for a 15% plus return on investment. So I want to make at least 15% more than I initially invested. So the key factors I'm going to be looking for are as is value, rehab budget, and after repair value. And that's going to be really the way I determine what my potential return on investment is and if this is a good asset to invest in which kind of brings us over to the realtor conversation.
0: Yeah. So, so I think somebody, again, a lay person who doesn't really understand the real estate market, uh, I think can have a huge benefit working with a realtor, a good qualified realtor that knows that area that might be able to uh, find some of those um, deals that are out there that, that could have some value add to it if they um, can increase the value with a rehab. So, so, is it a good idea to call, uh, would that be a, a next step for somebody is to actually call a realtor and try that? Or obviously they can try it on their own, but I would think you want to turn to an expert and if it's going to cost a little bit of money and the realtor is going to make a little bit of money on the deal, but I think it would be worth it in the long run because you're actually going to get into a property which good has a good value add and you know it's going to have a good value
1: add. Absolutely. And, and especially new borrowers, right? I love the realtor option. What does a realtor bring to the table? One, they know your local market in and out, right? Find someone who understands that market. Two, they're going to be able to go out and determine those values, right? They know the comp market. They know the properties. They know how to justify the values. With that being said, I highly encourage you find a good realtor, right? Unfortunately, what we do see sometimes is realtors are, you know, they're out to make their commission. They're like, I'm going to close this thing no matter what, right? If they don't care, especially from the investment standpoint, really. We want to see our borrowers be successful. So find almost a realtor who's like, yeah. I, I I'm in on this game. Like, right. They're an investment realtor. They, they want to see you succeed on that property so they can have you constantly coming back. Um, so find a good realtor and, and one that's not going to necessarily screw you, but there's so many good realtors out there. You just got to find the right one.
0: Sure. And it's like anything else, do your homework, call a couple of different people, uh, see who you have a good fit with and, uh, look for referrals, things like that. We tell our customers the same thing, you know, like, uh, you know, go check out our, our reviews and, You know, like, that's what you do. You make people do their homework or you you want them to do their homework. So on the rehab end of this, so you mentioned rehab, you know, you mentioned as is value rehab and then after repair value. On the rehab issue, how does a new borrower, how do they determine that? Yes, the property needs rehab, but I'm going in, I don't, I've never put a hammer to a nail, let's say. How do I go in and estimate how much money that rehab's going to be?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and I always say this. I'm like, like when someone calls me in and they're like, well, uh, I'm going to go in. I'm going to paint the place. And I'm like, ask yourself this. You, r- you really want to be the guy doing all the work or you want to be the numbers guy, right? You want to be the one moving shuffling papers? You don't want to be the person doing the work. So go hire a contractor, right? Granted, yeah, they might take a 10%, right? They might increase your budget 10% or whatever, however much it comes out to, but if the margins work with their rehab budget in place, why the hell are we wasting time doing work ourselves, right? You're, I, I think, and, and it might not be the case in all situations, right? Some cosmetic rehabs, absolutely go get the work done yourself. <laughs> you know, sweat labor is good for everybody, but um, be the numbers guy. Don't go in and be, all right, I'm going to go be the contractor, Um, so find a good contractor, same story with the realtor, right? Find someone who's in for the game, right? They know you're going to be an investor and they know, all right, if I do a great job on this one, they're going to be back again.
0: Yep. So I, I think that's important. So, so the, I guess the point I'm getting at is for a new person, build a team. Part of the team is you as the investor doing your homework on your credit score, doing your homework on liquidity, kind of looking at deals part of the team is uh, the realtor if you want to work with a realtor to help you find properties and then the other uh, part of that team is a contractor to estimate the rehab budget and then certainly another part of the team would be somebody that's going to finance that and, yeah. and lend to you on that so well
1: and how cool is the real estate community like if you go to your local you know real estate investment association, all these people are all involved in it and they want to make connections and they want to see everyone else be successful. That's part of the reason I I got into real estate, right? It's like this giant community. You go into these Facebook groups and whatnot. Everyone is so passionate about real estate and there's so many people willing to share their knowledge. I highly recommend, especially if you're interested, just surround yourself by those communities, right? When they're willing to feed you this information and partner up with the right people and really the possibilities are endless.
0: And how important is when somebody is... Uh, calling. Again, we only know what we do here at TMD Capital. So we do take people through that. We help them analyze deals. We help them uh, get set up in that foundation set up so they're successful in their deal because we want them to go and we want them to come back to us. But how important is that? Like, what are the important questions that somebody should ask a lender uh, to make them feel like they are going to have their backs? They are going to be part of that team because there's, I'm sure, and I know there's a lot out there that's just going to give you a loan, because you meet the requirements and not necessarily maybe break that down. How, what are, what are those important questions somebody can ask a lender?
1: Well, first things first, and, and this pisses me off more than anything. Too often do I see new borrowers in the market, right? They'll come back to me with, I'm like, all right, what'd you get in terms of terms with that other lender, right, you don't want to work with me, fine. What'd you get, what'd you get in terms of that? New borrowers get screwed every day. It's, 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 it's awful to see, right? So get an understanding for what rates are. If you're working with a direct lender, even you're working with a broker, right? Rate should be pretty par. Right now, I think today, you should be anywhere from, re- realistically, you should be, if you're going in from a new borrower perspective, it's on a fix and flip note, it should be 12%. That's going to be variable as market shift. So first things first, get an understanding for where rates are. And honestly, and I feel like this is just general, if you're ever paying more than two points on a loan, does it really make sense? Like, in in what case should I have to pay more than two points on a loan, Mike?
0: Sure. Well, not very. There's not many very, not many cases like that. I mean, obviously, if it's a smaller type loan, there's usually some minimum origination fees, so that's either going to bump up the points or, or a, an additional fee. But ninety nine percent of the time, two points is pretty standard in yeah. the market. My in, my
1: whole point is make sure you're not getting screwed by a lender and again, that goes back to just reading these reviews and talking to other people. Who, who's the good lender, right? I, I, I'll tell you right now, obviously, this is the TMD Capital podcast. But when we bring in a new borrower, we have the opportunity. Tell me, I'm not wrong. We do have the opportunity to take advantage to them. But it is our policy, right, where we're going to say no, the, they we're still going to treat them as if they're the most experienced borrower in the world. We're going to get them access to fair pricing. I'm going to analyze their deal in and out because, and I think that's more important than anything on a new investor, right? The ability for your lender to come in and say, Hey, this doesn't make sense. Where can we cut margins here? Does this deal really make sense for your first investment? Could we go find a deal with a stronger return on investment? All of those key questions, if your lender's not asking them switch lenders,
0: yeah, I, I and I think that's something that uh, I think we do very well here and we do we don't care how big, how small whatever the loan size is, whatever the deal size is, we analyze that and make sure it is a right fit. Um for both, for the yeah. lender and for the And for I the I love
1: the new borrowers cuz it's like we got a clean slate here. Let's go build something. It's like I have the opportunity where I can say, "Hey, let's structure your LLC like this. Now we're going to put into place this factor, this factor and this factor." And now, yeah, we're just going into our first deal, but now we got a scalable model. And guess what? All of a sudden, we're moving volume, Mike. We take borrowers from one to next year, I'm moving five. The year after, we're moving 10. How cool is it to watch that happen?
0: Yeah, and I think that's something that uh, does separate us apart. And uh, if you are new and you're out there and you're listening and you have other questions. Again, we can do a probably a two-hour podcast just on uh, how to invest and how to begin in this space. Um, But we wanted to give you a little bit of a taste on what what it would take. Uh, Hopefully, we've alleviated the the, uh, apprehension to get involved in this space. And we'd love to have you call us here at TMD Capital at 1-800-571-7405. This is TMD Capital Podcast signing off. TMD to the moon. Until next time.
1: Let's go.